You know, my wife and I want to thank our staff and our team, and I want to thank all of you for allowing us to go on a vacation. Praise God. <laughs> and and um, I don't know what happened this year. Our, our, our calendar just kidnapped us. You ever been kidnapped by your calendar and you couldn't do anything about it? So that was our first break of the year. And I'm not saying that by saying, ooh, they don't take much break. It, you know what? I look back and say, I'm kicking myself and saying, we've got to get away. Just, you know, how many of you just got to get away sometimes? Now, we can't get away often because we have other ministry commitments we have to uh, do. But I want to I thank uh, Kurt. He and Nicole are, are uh, I think they're on vacation. And then, then um, Michael McGee, where, is he here? I know that, yeah, uh, he did a great job last Sunday. And then Leon, yeah, Leon, he ministered Wednesday. And, and you know what? We have so many, so many wonderful people here that when they, when they step into that pulpit, we're saying, you know what, we, 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 Thank God for them, and they have a supply to give Harvest Church, and they minister. You know, it's so good to have a multicultural church, all races and all ages, because we're we we are, we are fitted to walk in the kingdom of God. We're we're children of God, and and we're in the same family, no matter what race or what age you are. And I love the I love the different folks that'll fill our pulpit sometimes, and we have a tremendous ministry team, and and it's just so wonderful to give a different perspective, you know. And, and I'm so thankful. As you're going to see today, how many thank God for my wife and the way she ministers the Word? And, and, and the others that we have ministering. And, I, you know, I want to just let you know, just hang in there because I'm going to be like an attorney today and I'm going to make my case. Based upon what God has said about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you ready to take a ride with me this morning? You know, those in Thessalonica were more honorable because they leaned into the Word eagerly. And they studied the Word to see if the things were so that was being taught. I challenge you. Listen to me, but apply your ear to what the Spirit of God is saying, confirming the Word. We're not going to go with man's opinion what God says, and it's so critically important. So that's what I'm going to do today. Thank God for the word. God, give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, the eyes of our understanding being flooded with light. I tear off blinders, and Father, we're going to see what you need us to see today, what you want us to see, and you're going to rekindle. You're going to rekindle some things today, and you're going to renew the revelation of all of us who not only were saved and received the spirit of God within, but when the spirit of God came upon us, it was a life changer. So Father, we thank you for these critical truths that you want your church to walk in. In Jesus' name, amen. Now don't forget in 2023, this year, we have, uh, we're leaning towards September, and uh, this year is going to just sort of clip on by, but what was our major theme that we were looking at throughout the whole year? I mentioned it just about every Sunday. The theme is living the lifestyle of honor. I want to ask all of us today, this past week, did I live a lifestyle of honor in how I conducted myself, in how I talked to somebody, and how I talked to my kids, and how I, you know, um, you know, how, how, just how, even if I missed it, did I get it right yet, yet, yet? I'm not going to apologize this time. Be a peacemaker. 
You know, strife is mess, and strife opens the door to a bunch of mess. So someone's got to take the high road and get it right. As a matter of fact, on this trip my wife and I took, there was two instances I had to apologize to my wife and I had to apologize to my daughter. So, oh man, were you bad, Pastor Coyne? Uh, Sort of. (laughs) Don't you like me telling stuff on me? You're like, oh. But what had happened was, you know, we, we traveled to Panama City, Florida, beautiful, and, uh, and being in the car for about 12, 13 hours, that's close fellowship. <laughs> so the time that we got there, uh, we, were, we were unloading the luggage, and I was putting things on the rack, and, and um, <laughs> man, uh, my wife said something, and I said, well, that's between me and Joseph. And, you know, my heart just went, I said that in a wrong, in a wrong attitude. And so what I did was it just hurt my heart. And before the night, was it the night or the morning? Do you remember? Yeah. yeah. So I brought, you know, the, the same way you get it wrong is the same way you get it right. You don't just apologize to your wife. No, she was probably embarrassed in front of our kids. So I brought everybody together. Say, listen, guys, I, I missed it. I was wrong in the way I spoke to, to your mom. And I asked everybody to forgive me. I already asked mom, and we're good. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. I mean, how can you sleep with an aching conscience? I can't. And then, then we are just conversing as a family. And boy, when we're around the table, we have a bunch of um, very excited, very loud, very strong personalities. But mine got stronger than it needed to be concerning my daughter, Hannah. And I knew when I did it, we, what I said was right, but how I said it was wrong. And this time, before I could get to her, she got to me. Oh, Jesus. She got to me. What I mean? She said, Dad, what you said embarrassed me, and it hurt my heart. We should catch it before someone else catches it for us. <laughs> Isn't that right? Josh, you with me? Yeah, yeah, okay. So anyway, isn't that wonderful? So thank God for a a clear and clean conscience. But I brought my family all together because, again, we did it at the the breakfast table, and then she ate my lunch. (laughs) But no, I needed it. Uh, I knew what I'd said was edgy, not bad, not wrong, right in alignment with the word, but it's how you say it sometimes that you need to get right. So you know what? When we do those things and we apologize to our kids, and my wife and I always tried to do that when our kids were growing up because we wanted them to see, you know what? Ooh, I I felt something different there. And then all of a sudden we say, I'm sorry. What I said was, was right, but how I said it was wrong. And I apologize to you kids. Have you ever had a tone that was above the octave you should have gone with your kids? With your husband? With your wife? Lord, I get quiet in here. Anyway, just just do do what I did, and I try to share these things transparently because you get it right, it's 
Fellowship is back. No funny feelings. We're on vacation. I'm telling you, one of the most miserable seasons someone goes through, it seems like, is when they go on vacation. Yeah, I mean, you know, we have, we're at this particular store, and this kid is just, oh, we're playing putt-putt. And, and uh, this kid was making a scene loud, and, 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 and the mom, instead of correcting, coddled. There are some times we need to get in the right spirit, because I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, so he's, you know, he's, he's helping us today. But, I, you know, we had to walk in the spirit so we don't say, would you take care of that rebellious child? How <laughs> I many thank God you don't say some things you're thinking. That's called having some wisdom. Yeah, all those things you're saying. <laughs> all right, let's get into the word today. I just hope that that helped you because we're real people. We're transparently victorious and keep a clean conscience because that's the part that God leads. Your spirit is the candle of the Lord. So if you have a, if you have a conscience bothering you, it's going to be very difficult to hear God and how he's leading you. So I'm not getting it right so my conscience is clear. I'm getting it right because I believe I just hurt the heart of the father. I hurt my wife's heart and I hurt my daughter's heart. And I don't want to ever do that, never intended to do it. So tell the person next to you, forgive pastor. He's not as perfect as you are. All right. So we, we talk about living a lifestyle of honor. And when it comes to God, living a lifestyle of honor is putting his word first, the final authority. No matter what we feed, feel, no matter what we see, no matter what we hear, no matter what the doctor says, we're going to go with what God says. Thank God for good doctors. But you know what? We all, all, honoring God is asking this, no matter what you're facing, is what does the word say? What does God's word say? And then you have the Holy Spirit to help you walk that word out. Like I mentioned earlier in Acts 17, the Berean Jews were more honorable than the Thessalonica folks. Why? Why were they more honorable? Well, it was evidence because of their great eagerness with which they accepted the word. Is anybody leaning into the word today? Is anybody leaning in to see what the Spirit of God is saying to you? That's what happens when the, the office with which I stand, there's sort of different different offices. When my wife and I are getting ready to host about 220 ministers in Myrtle Beach for our southeast region. You know what? My, my, my wife's role takes on a different thing when we lead, when we pastor pastors and lead leaders. My wife and I have the pastoral anointing upon us here. And without it, Ephesians chapter 11 tells us you cannot grow up and mature. You need to be under a good pastoral anointing. And my wife and I always, we've had the same pastor for the last, I keep telling you this, 35 years. And thank God, Bishop and Lady Joy, if you're looking in, we sure love you. We would not be doing what we're doing today without you and your pastoring and mentoring upon our lives. To this day, we're close. We keep close and we stay close. More happens to you when you come to church than you realize, especially when the Holy Spirit's here. And he is. This, is. this is not just a church. Thank God for the church that is born again. The Spirit of God is within. But I thank God for the victorious church where the Spirit of God comes upon us, comes amongst us, and he, he confirms his word, and, and, and he helps us speak truths and boldness. 
When I'm up here saying today, I'm not going to milly mouth like my wife would say. I'm not going to milly mouth about it. No, no. And I'm not going to go halfway with it. Men, my wife said, don't ever say that other thing. Y'all want to know a secret? Okay. I don't have to repent right in the service, so let's go ahead and move on. Let's not do this halfway, no. Uh, what I'm getting ready to talk to you about, not only did Jesus say you must be born again, not, it's not an option, and Jesus said it's more profitable that I go away because we answered that question, and then Jesus said you must wait for the promise of the, of the Father. Now Acts 1 goes on to drill right into talking about the Holy Spirit that not only is within us, but when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, He comes upon us to help us to live in victory, to help us when He comes upon us, God has gifted us, God has graced us, God has anointed us to do and given us skill sets to do, to give to the church, not just to the world. There's an assignment for you to add a supply to bring increase to the body of Christ and to this local church. There is. You might never have been taught that before, but there's coming a day you'll stand in front of Jesus to give an account for how he equipped you, how he gifted you, how he anointed you, how he graced you to help that local church fulfill the Great Commission. All of us have that role, every single one of us. So Acts 1 and, and verse, uh, verse 1 through 5 in the message says, Dear Theophilus, in the first volume of this book, I wrote on everything that Jesus began not finished. When he said it is finished, his earth walk was finished. His, his, part of his redemption uh, process was finished. Then he went in the portals of hell led, and, and, and he spoiled principalities and power. And on the third day, God raised him from the dead. And he appeared to all, you know, the Christians all over the place in many, many different occasions. And one point, he, he appeared after he rose from the dead to 500 folks. And he gave us a charge. Dear Theophilus, in the first volume of this book, I wrote everything that Jesus began. See, he began because he gave us the Great Commission. He went to the right hand of the Father, but now he's in us and with us and wants to fill us and keep us filled so we can all fulfill the Great Commission and continue the works he began. The book of Acts is continually being written right now so that we can produce what God has called us to produce. He said, this is what Jesus began to teach until the day he said goodbye. And again, he could have said, see you later. Because he physically was raised from the dead, had a glorified body, and when, when he was raised from the dead, he, 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 he was the first, per well, no, I guess Enoch. But anyway, he, they saw him be raptured into heaven. But he gave us some mandates to move forward and to fulfill what he began. So until the day he said goodbye to the apostles, the ones who he had chosen through the Holy Spirit, chosen through the Holy Spirit, cho he chose these folks, uh, you know, by the Holy Spirit. You don't make choice of what you do. You discover what you do, discover what you're equipped to do, discover your giftings, discover your skill sets, discover why are you good at that? Because it's not just to make a living, it's to also add your supply in the church to bring increase. 
It's just, do you all know how good our children's ministry is? Do you know how many, how, how many people there that are in the school system who teach the kids and they're, they do the best they can, but I thank God for the Spirit of God uh, being upon them that those kids see something. Even in, when you can't say something, they see something. They see your example. They, they, there's something on your life. And they might come up and ask you, Meredith, when a student asks you something, are you allowed to tell them? Are you allowed to tell them what, 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 what they see on our life? Okay, so, so that, yeah. Um, I should not have called you out because, you know, the superintendent might be watching. You know what I'm saying? So forgive me. I just forgive me, everybody. So there's, there's a way that God is going to and is anointing our teachers and administrators so that these kids see life, they see light, they see something different, they see what is going on with that teacher. I'm in here and I'm, I'm, I'm going to just cut up today, but all of a sudden something grabbed my attention. Well, that something is a person, a person of the Holy Spirit working through that teacher. The pastoral anointing. There's an anointing to grow you up. There's an anointing. Why do I think that small groups without small groups without the covering of church is not real? Is because everyone needs a pastoral covering. Everyone needs to be under that anointing. You cannot mature without the fivefold ministry gifts. Ephesians 11 tells us that. So therefore, you know, if, if I wasn't producing people that, was, that, that were growing, it would be an indication I'm probably not a pastor. Just because you have pastor or prophetess or evangelist or whatever, where's the fruit? Let's, let's talk about some fruit and let, 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 the, let the titles just fall where they may. So until the day Jesus said goodbye to the apostles, the ones he had chosen through the Holy Spirit. Chosen what? Through the Holy Spirit. God makes choice who has what role. And God makes choice to where you're supposed to go to church and, and cl click into that part of the vine. Where you get your supply, where you get fed, where you get you know, charged up to go out now and do the work of the ministry, you know, all, you know, have some particular role in the church to help us. Many hands make a light load. It's a beautiful and wonderful thing. When brethren dwell together in unity, it's like the precious anointing that flows from the head all the way through the body. And he said, you know what, if I can find that place, I will bless that place. And when, when, you know, Ephesians 4 talks about earnestly do endeavor to keep the bond of peace and the spirit of unity. Work at it. Stop being intimidated by someone else's gifting. Just be you. Operate where God has you. It, listen, whatever God's called you to do, you need to become comfortable in your own skin with what God said. Stop listening to preachers that say, God's going to use you in a big way. He's going he's to send you to millions of people. Why don't you start out in the nursery? Because I don't even know if that word's true. But that word is true if you help us 
in the nursery because you're a part of adding supply to this ministry where we have outreaches locally in our city, in our state, our nation, and nations of the world. You know, we are impacting together millions of people. So don't, don't try to make a prophecy, you know, say something, say, I guess I got to go, I've got to go to, um, where, where would you like to go? Um, South America? Okay. <laughs> so someone said, you're going to speak to millions and you're going to, you know, in South America and you better have that in your heart. Don't let someone speak you into something that's not in your heart. When anybody tries to speak a word into your life, you better make sure it bears witness with your spirit. And it does not violate the word. Simple principles we just need to just bathe in for for the next few weeks on the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So he, he, he was there with the ones that he, he chose through the Holy Spirit and, and he was taken up to heaven. After his death, he presented himself alive to them in many different settings over a period of 40 days. I mean, there were face-to-face meetings with the risen Savior in his glorified body. His physical glorified body could walk through a wall. His glorified body was hungry. The disciples are out there fishing. And he's on the beach making fish and chips. <laughs> Calling out to them. They didn't recognize him at first, but then <laughs> as soon as Peter recognized, what did he do? He jumped out of the boat, swam, and said, I'm getting the first fish. No, I'm going to see Jesus. Some people think, I wonder what I'm going to look like in heaven. Well, what do you look like right now? That's how you're going to look. You're just going to have a glorified, resurrected body. Your spirit's already resurrected. Thank God. Jesus met with them face to face in meetings. He talked to them about the things concerning the kingdom of God. He talked about them concerning the kingdom of God. There's got to come a point in time where we, we uh, identify with the kingdom of God and, and not so much identify with the bad things of all of our races. Uh, every single person here with whatever particular race you are, there's a bad part of it, but then there's a good part of it, but also there needs to be a kingdom part of it. Tradition of what you like in your culture could pull you out of the kingdom because unless you do it this way, I don't enjoy it. Or unless you do it that way, man, that's just not my, that's not my song today. I don't, I don't like that. That's too white. That's too black. That's too Hispanic. That's too, listen, there is a sound for Harvest Church and thank God you can come in here and just enjoy it even if you don't enjoy that song now. Because we're talking about the kingdom. 
We're talking about being in the kingdom of God with the principles of the kingdom of God. He wants you to be saved so the Holy Spirit comes within you. He wants you to be water baptized so you publicly acknowledge his death, burial, and resurrection. And then the third baptism he wants all of us to go through is to not only have the Spirit of God within, he wants to come upon you by the Holy Spirit and empower you by the Holy Spirit. And when you speak words, teachers, we're focusing on you today, there's going to be some power and some, some depth in what you say to those kids. And it's gonna, they're, they're, they're just going to be convicted to, to ask you, and I don't know how you answer that question just for the record, uh, but anyway, there's a way to win the school system and God's got the plan. And the biggest part of doing that is just be an example. When they cut up, you, you keep your poise. Come on. You're on the job. I'm not going to talk about our teachers alone. When you're on the job and something, insults come at you, and someone dogs you on something, talks behind your back, you've got to keep your composure. When everything else is going wild and chaotic, you keep your composure. How many remember a time, could have been last night or this morning, that you acted out? You better raise your hand right now, but I don't raise my hand in church. We'll raise it anyway. What'd that do to your heart? If you have any God in yourself, it should have hurt your heart. The way you conduct yourself. You know, being filled with the Holy Spirit is not just to do what I do. First Peter talks about, behold, the manifold grace of God, that when you're saved, Holy Spirit comes upon you. He graces you to do something particular. The many different diverse operations and assignments and skill sets by God. I'm challenging you. Find your purpose. You say, I don't know how I find my purpose. Well, the biggest thing you can do right now is renew your mind on the Word, get filled with the Holy Spirit, start serving in an area of interest or in an area of need. And what are you good at? And, and here's a question. And, and what, would you do if, what would you do if you woke up tomorrow morning, Monday morning, and, and you, money wasn't an issue? You just won the lottery. Well, first of all, we build that next building. Oh, but this is too much to tithe. Wait a minute. Your tithe got you to... No, no, your tithe doesn't get you the lottery. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But it is funny. Listen, there are people that use money that should be buying diapers and buying lottery tickets. That's not right. However, you heard me say this before, but it's worth repeating. This one particular preacher preached so against it. And I'm, I'm against it if you're using money that you should be feeding your child with. But apparently his wife had a little money he didn't know about. So the wife wins the lottery. She came home with a check. He said, Kataya, I repent. First thing I do is, boom, 
I know what I'm going to do because I'm doing it right now. God's not interested in a million on 10 million. He's interested in your dime and the dollar right now, the 10%, wherever you are. Then as you increase, God increases you, then the, per- the percentage is the same, or you give offerings at times too. But, but, uh, but as the amount rises, don't say, man, that's just too much to be given now. Do you know that the, the, reach, the reach of this ministry stops when God can't fund it? God can fund it, but he uses people just like us. When we receive tithes and offerings here, I know we talk about all the different outreaches we do, but the tithe and offering helps me to be able to be on staff and focus on what I need to focus on and minister and provide leadership. And listen, Harvest Church has a lean staff. We don't want to get building rich and staff, wait, yeah, we don't want to get building rich and staff poor because you can't provide the type of ministry that we need. Then don't get overly staff heavy and now you don't have facilities because, you know, you spent it all on staff. There's a fine line there. Jesus, I got myself in deep water. I think this is... This is stuff I talk to pastors and leaders about. Sorry, it's coming out of me. It's leaking. There's coming a day. Are you ready? There's coming a day that we're planning a building. I'll bring it before you. If you won't support it, we're not going to do it. Unless God tells me I got to have something that I know that I know that I know that I know that I'm supposed to build in spite of people. But also the Bible balances what we're doing by you better count the cost. Because if you don't count the cost, people will drive by your building that's half done and it'll be a reproach to you and the ministry and to God. Somebody say thank God for the Holy Spirit. I said somebody say thank God for the Holy Spirit. (laughs) So apparently we're going to be taking our time through this. But, but here's what I'm trying to get to today. Let me start from the top. Dear the, uh, Theophilus, in the first volume of this book that I wrote on everything that Jesus began to do, we, we continue to do what he began to do. We do it in, in, in not necessarily um, beyond what Jesus did, but we can do it more than Jesus did because he's got all of us and all the church to do it now. Greater works shall we do in the sense of larger and greater and more impact. And he was taken up to heaven after his death. He presented himself alive to them in many different settings over a period of 40 days in face-to-face meetings. He talked to them about things concerning the kingdom. See, today you could be operating in the kingdom, hearing kingdom truths, the way that God wants us to operate, and then you go to the dinner table on a, on, on a vacation or on a, uh, on a holiday, and all of a sudden your, your, your race pulls you away from the kingdom, and now you start diverting back to what you were naturally. I, I, I don't mind celebrating our races, but again, there's a minority in each race that is horrendous. What you hear and what you see in the paper, what you watch on news, that's like the small percentage of white people, small percentage of black people, small percentage. But if you are allowing yourself to stay in an environment 
where it is very prejudicial. Now, I've had to walk away from tables when they start talking. I can't handle it. And it's not a point in time where I can speak about it. So what I do, I get up and get out. Because I don't condone your conversations. Where are you going? Need to make a phone call. People won't ask you. Just, just gracefully leave. Hopefully they get a cue that every time we start talking about this, that person dismisses themselves. When I talk to that person individually, man, they've got such good character. They, 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 they love everyone. How, 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 how can we love everyone? Well, because when you're saved, the Holy Spirit imparts into you God's love. And you're able to love all races. And you're able to love all ages. And you're able to love, uh, love beyond a natural kind of love. When people bite into you, you can keep your joy. And you don't have to bite back. Soft words turn away wrath. But grievous words stir up anger. Thank God for the kingdom principles. And as they met and ate meals together, he told them they, they were uh, things concerning the kingdom. Did I just repeat that? And uh, on, on account, I need to just start over. As they met and ate meals together, he told them that they were on no account to leave Jerusalem. Don't leave Jerusalem. Don't leave Jerusalem. He's talking to believers. Don't. Matter of fact, in John chapter 20, I'll forget that scripture. He says he, he brought his disciples together and he breathed on them. At when he was raised from the dead, I believe that's, uh, that's when they were born again. And then on the day of Pentecost, he said, don't you leave. Don't you leave. Don't you leave Jerusalem. Because you got to be, you need to wait for what the promised, what the Father promised. And the promise you heard from me, John, John baptized in, in water. I'm not talking to John. But John baptized in the water and you will. Christians, you will, believers, you will, those who receive Jesus, you will be baptized into the Holy Spirit, and it's going to happen soon. Baptized in the Christ, water baptized to identify with Christ, and the next thing we've got to, we've got to teach people is God wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. These baptisms, plural, that you see in he, Hebrews chapter 6, it's a part of it. One of the first things, if you know, if you just come into these things and you get saved, man, one of the first things you should do before someone tries to talk you out of it is see what God says about it. The devil hates this truth because one of the reasons why we get filled with the Holy Spirit, God allows us to pray in the Spirit to Him. We're, we're, we're speaking divine secrets and mysteries between me and God. And the devil cannot even understand what I'm talking about. He hates it. He tries to get people down on being filled with the Holy Spirit because if people are down on something, it's because they're not up on it. Keep your mind open. Keep your mind clear. Keep the Word of God. I'm going to make my case. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I'm going to make my case that, man, you need to be saved. You need to be water baptized, but you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because you're facing and we're facing a day that is so dark, but arise and shine. For thy light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon us wherever we go. You hear people say, everybody in this room is called. Immediately you think, preacher. No. 
I, I mean, I am what I am because what God gifted me to do and I've developed over the years, but I didn't choose this. Y'all have to talk to pastors. Oh my goodness, time is up. Shoot. <laughs> Thank you, sir. The rest of you say, man, I'm hungry. God, help me, help me, help me. What was I getting ready to say? What did I say last? Okay, so, so when, when someone says, you're called of God, yeah, you're called out to be a part of the body of Christ and in the kingdom of God, you have a role, you have a function, you have a grace, you have a gifting. Don't just give it to the world. You think about, I, I, don't, I don't know why I mentioned this name, I'm not, I'm not necessarily a fan of uh, but you all know Elvis Presley, right? <laughs> I'm a have a blue Christmas. Lord, people are leaving. Oh, I'm sorry. 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 Way you got it wrong? I'm sorry. But anyway, you know how gifted he was? That gift should have first been given to God. And a lot of times when, when people, you could be born again, but be such a carnal Christian, you allow your giftings only to minister to the world. And, and God, God gifted you not just to make a living, but God gifted you to help us fulfill a great commission. You just begin to serve. You renew your mind on the Word of God because it is the will of God. And all of a sudden, you realize maybe you start serving in something and say, Man, I like this. You get trained and you all of a sudden become productive. But before we get these graces and anointings to come upon us, we need to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And, and just to close today, is I, I was saved when I was three years old. But I, was, I, I received Jesus, I received the Spirit of God within me, so the Spirit of God within us helps us develop our character, be Christ-like. But again, you've heard my story, there, there would be times when critical things would happen in our life and, and we said, you know what, if we go to that church, we're not going to get anything about this. So we got to find that Spirit-filled church, they might, they might be a little bit a little bit edgy on some things, but man, they lay hands on the sick and they get recovered. I remember in football, man, I had some injuries along the way that I couldn't because we're headed toward a championship game. I'm going to that church. <laughs> Folks, I can't have church that is not modeled in what God says. Any of you here, without me even getting to the details of the teaching of the Holy Spirit, how many have been filled with the Holy Spirit and it changed, revolutionized your life? All those who didn't raise your hand, don't, don't, don't just listen, look at me. Don't you ever be concerned that I'll call you out and make you do a thing. Just let us, let's hear from the word out of two or three or four or five or six or seven out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every truth should be established. 
we're going to give you a lot more than that. Stand up with me, would you? Oh, Father. And before we pray, I want to let you know that when I went through difficult times, we, we would go to that spirit-filled church. But the thing about it is they didn't quite teach you things that you would know how to receive it or you, you would almost just beg for things that God has already given you. If you've been taught you need to tarry for the Holy Spirit, it acts, the book says the Holy Spirit has come. All you need to do is receive Him. Receive the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. It will change your life. I went through some different things in the sports world and I could have absolutely dove into the depths of a wrong direction. Somehow during that challenging, difficult time, I yielded to God and said, God, I need help. I have got to have help. I need your help. I, I, I don't care what it is. Your ways are not our ways. I ask you, I need more of you to help me overcome, more of you to grace me, to run my race. Because it's not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of God, we're ever going to accomplish anything and fulfill our purpose and vision for this house. Changed my life when I received. You know, when, when I don't know how bad I was at three years old. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But at three years old, in, in, in nursery, they presented Jesus to be saved. And I received Jesus. And it gave me a conscience that even when I was going through life, when my conscience would hurt, it would prevent me from going too far in a particular way. I'm like, why can that person do this and do this and do this and do this? And they don't feel bad about it. The Spirit of God's in me. He's going to bear witness what I'm doing. He's going to bear witness not to do something I'm getting ready to do. But being filled with the Holy Spirit gave me power, ability. The Word says the anointing on whatever you're gifted in. You know, there's some people that, I don't want to be humorous on this, but it's true. There's some people, there's, Some people think they're gifted to do something, but it's obvious they're not. How about that? Spire heads, if you are in here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, that's your first step. That's your first step. If you're here today, God forbid, you don't know where you would go today. If you were to die, if you were to pass away, is your last breath on earth going to be your first breath in heaven? If you don't know, I'll tell you what's happening right now. The Father said, unless I draw them to Jesus, they can't come. God's drawing you today. Most important thing you could do. Listen, thank God that Jesus, God so loved the world that he gave who? God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. God so loved the world he gave Jesus for all that he did so that we could be saved and eternally set. Received him? Have you received that gift? No one's looking around right now, but I'm going to look and I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you right now. 
that if, that if you want to be included in this prayer of salvation, just lift up your hand right now. Just mean it. Don't, this, is, this is eternity speaking here. Eternal consequences. Thank you. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your anointing. We're going to pray a prayer of salvation right now. Friends and congregation, harvest, let's go ahead and say this together. Say, God, I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he died on the cross for all of my sins. I believe on the third day you raised him from the dead. Jesus according to the word I know you're alive you're at the right hand of the father and I ask and I receive salvation from you Jesus thank you for becoming my savior right now and my lord right now in Jesus name whether you prayed that for the first time or wanted to pray, let's thank God for our salvation. Never, ever, never, ever, never take lightly being saved, born again. Three baptisms, what are they? Being filled, what, be, be, receive Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the word says, baptizes you into Christ. The Spirit of God comes within. You get water baptized. If you haven't been, get on the sign-up sheet. Water baptized that now I'm going to identify. We water baptized 40 people a couple weeks ago. Children, most children and youth. Then the third baptism in that progression is to be filled. At this time, just like Jesus is the greatest gift to the world because we were dead and lost without him, when we receive him, then... Really, the Holy Spirit becomes the greatest gift to the church. I'm not, I'm not putting Jesus aside. I'm just saying we need to help the Holy Spirit. It's his dispensation. Jesus said, I'm getting ready to leave my earthly ministry, but I'm going to send the comforter to you, the Holy Spirit, so he can not just be in you. He can come upon you and help you do the word and help you overcome and help you fulfill your purpose and help you recognize your purpose. And, and there's going to be something in your life you can do that you make it look easy to other people. It's not when I try to do it. In the Old Testament talked about special anointings to carve wood, to make materials. An anointing to do certain specific skill sets. And some of you can do word work, work, woodwork, and you could try to even train me. But first of all, I don't want to do it. I want to watch you. I do what I do. You do what you do, and we good. If you're here today, say, Pastor Coyne, I not only want to be saved, which we receive salvation, but I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, just like you talked about in the Word today. Would you raise your hand? Thank you. If we can't raise our hand for Jesus in the church, how are we going to raise our hand? or live a lifestyle in front of the people that don't affirm us. We affirm you in these truths. The church is the pillar of truth and that's why the church exists. So what's gonna to happen today? I'm gonna to have uh, our announcers conclude 
But we're at, at the end. Um, what's your name? Oh, Julie. <laughs> but at the end, we're going to have prayers come up here. If you receive Jesus, come up and talk to them and say, I received Jesus today. We got something for you. And then number two. If you, if, if you want to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit as people dismiss, they're going to take some time with you get you filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Why don't we just go ahead and ask God to refill all of us today. God, I thank you for filling those who will be coming up to our, our prayers. And I thank you also for Refilling all of us daily, quickening our minds and our bodies, recognizing and yielding. Teachers, administrators, don't forget the Holy Spirit's in you. Pray in the Holy Ghost up underneath your breath. Keep your composure. Be a light. God will light on you, and those kids will be facing God's presence. What they need. In the name of Jesus. Amen.